From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4BB. You have done it. You've tuned WIA National News for week commencing October 12. And for the first time ever, there are now more gadgets in the world than there are human beings, including a growing number that only communicate with other machines. The number of active mobile devices and human beings crossed over somewhere around the 7.19 billion mark. Gadgets like tablets, smartphones and not-so-smartphones are multiplying five times faster than we are, with our population growing at a rate of about two people per second or 1.2% annually. Endangered tree snails stop broadcasts. Recent storms hit a radio facility perched on highly elevated Mount Kahala on Hawaii's Wahine mountain range, but a population of tree snails is thwarting its restoration. The facility beams public radio signals and also transmits on a microwave relay to send signals to KIPL 89.9 in Lahu. Mountaintop standby generators are now out of fuel. The electrical line repair crew has come across a habitat of endangered tree snails and they can't move further. Anywhere the wind blows, a Victorian Pico balloon has landed in New South Wales. The PS22 Pico balloon, launched on Saturday, October 4, from Victoria by Andy VK3YT, was tracked during the entire flight. The solar-powered small metallized party-type balloon, VK3YT-9, had a 10 milliwatt transmitter on board and gave a good signal throughout the flight. One tracker followed it through Victoria and then into New South Wales, hearing it close to Wollongong at only 2,000 metres high and travelling at 14 kilometres per hour. The next Pico balloon, PS23, with its payload could be launched next weekend and promises a very interesting flight. And still to come in this bulletin, the fanciful flight of B-64. Yes, B-64, she is still up in the air. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the southeast of South Australia. It can be heard on VK5 RMG 146.900 MHz on Sunday mornings at 9am Central Standard Time. I'm Cole, VK58CF. Anzac 100. And to commemorate Anzac 100, a series of articles is to appear in Amateur Radio magazine by WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. And here's a summary of another one. This time, we're reflecting on World War II, where the name Snow Campbell, VK3MR, comes to mind. Snow left Sydney in 41 and after serving in Egypt and with the RAF in Palestine, was finally captured by the Germans in 1941. Snow recalled a big store of telephone equipment and, by trickery, liberated meters with makeshift parts from food containers and toothbrushes listening sets were made. How this was done is explained by Snow in the article, The Chimes of Big Ben, bringing tears to many eyes of the Englishman. The Germans searched for aerials and radios. However, the POWs got away with it. During a march across Germany, they scrounged churches and other public buildings to pick up coils, wires, crystals and headphones and built another radio that was most valuable. Amateur Radio Magazine for April 45 mentions that parcels and books had been sent to Snow and in the May 1945 issue, a report came he was safe in Britain. 
Snow Campbell, VK3MR, has left us with all an insight into his radio experiences as a prisoner of war. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1WIA. What use is an F-call? Over the past two years, I've talked about amateur radio resources on the internet, sometimes referring to one or other website in passing, encouraging you to find information that is pertinent to your situation. Last week, I talked about logging and discussed some of the issues you'll come across. One of the things you'll likely want to do is actually put your logs online to make it possible for others to do the same, and in doing so, matching up your contact with theirs and thus validating the contact. When you start investigating this, you'll find that there are many different sites that offer this service, from Logbook of the World, or LOTW, which is maintained by the ARRL, through QRZ.com, EQSL, and many others. Before I start talking about one specific site today, I thought I'd point out that you'll quickly find out that your chosen online log isn't going to be the same as the station you just contacted 15,000 kilometres away. So, in this case, at least at the moment, the more you register with, the higher your chances of having your contacts confirmed. One such service is Clublog, located at clublog.org. It has a very clean interface, offers log matching, a DX cluster that indicates stations in countries that you don't yet have, league tables and other amazing tools. One such tool deals with propagation. It uses actual contacts from all the logs submitted to determine the best time to be on air to get contacts between two stations, what band, what directions, etc. All built in with the aim to help you make the next contact. It's the best tool I've found so far that helps you get actual results rather than propagation forecasts. It was the tool I used to let you know recently that the best chance of making a contact is on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, then Friday, in order of decreasing amounts of traffic. Of course, that's not to say you won't get amazing contacts on other days. I spoke with Marion Island on a Monday afternoon one day, so you really can't beat being on air. The service is free, though donations are encouraged, and every time you upload a log file, the upload is brought to you by another donating amateur, so goodwill all round. I know that there are other aspects to Clublog that I've not discussed, or am even aware of, but if you're going to start somewhere, you won't do worse than starting there. Clublog.org. Check it out. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. Who listens to radio? From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. AMSAT annual meeting, remote participation via Echolink. The 2014 AMSAT Symposium is being held Friday, Saturday and Sunday, October 10th to 12th in Baltimore. This annual meeting will be broadcast via Echolink on the AMSAT conference channel. 
The annual meeting includes a report to the membership by the President and senior officers and includes a question and answer session where members may ask senior officers questions. Echolink participants may send questions using the text messaging feature of Echolink. See AMSAT.org for the symposium schedule and the titles and the times of the presentations. I've mentioned this before, but the Silverstone B-64 balloon is still flying. The B-64 balloon, launched July 12, 2014 from the UK, is still in the air, transmitting on 434.500 MHz using Contestia 64100 and APRS. Saturday, October 3rd, Phil Heron, Mike India Zero, Victor India Mike, reported decoding data while it was over the North Atlantic Ocean, coming up to the sixth time it would pass the United Kingdom on its continuing journeys around the world. B-64 was built by radio amateur Leo Bodner, Mike Zero X-Ray Echo Romeo. He made both the plastic foil envelope and the solar-powered transmitter payload, which weighs just 11 grams. Fishy business, bro. Recently, Christchurch New Zealand radio inspectors were involved with a commercial interference case affecting a major microwave link in the Upper South Island. The microwave operator was able to identify that the link was being affected when the same fishing vessel crossed its path in the Cook Strait. Using a microwave dish and sufficient gain, they were able to see the interfering signals radiating from the fishing boat. By utilising the AIS vessel tracking website, their position was verified. It was obvious that the fishing boat was the cause of the interference. The fishing company was called and the S-band radar turned off. Immediately, the noise ceased and it was obvious that this was the cause of the interference. A subsequent letter was sent to the fishing company and the S-band radar's magnetron was replaced. New Zealand's RSM advises that the general user licence allowing radio microphones to operate in the 174 to 230 MHz frequency range will be extended until the 30th of September 2019 but it's recommended that NZ users do not make new investments in equipment that uses these frequencies. Instead, UHF 502 to 606 and 622 to 698 MHz ranges are available for long-term radio microphone use. The Cleveland USA Daily Banner reports that the Ratcliffe sisters are among the youngest radio amateurs in the United States. SD Kilo Kilo 4 Mike Victor Sierra is 11 and Rebecca Kilo Kilo 4 Oscar Alpha United is 9. Their mother Jennifer Ratcliffe is Kilo Kilo 4 Kilo Delta Zulu. The sisters passed their technician exam in 2013 and recently took and passed their general exam at the first attempt. Rebecca said her favourite part of amateur radio has been making contacts around the world. SD and Rebecca are both members of Amateur Radio Emergency Services. It's to Amateur Radio Newsline now for the next story, a rather surprising outcome to a scientific experiment. Last month, student scientists from Earth to Sky Calculus in California launched a weather balloon during the most intense solar storm so far this year. They expected to measure an increase in the radiation count. Instead, they measured a sharp drop. The reason for this phenomena is thought to be something called the Forbush decrease, named after physicist Scott Ellsworth Forbush, who first described it in the 20th century. Simply said, when the sun's coronal mass ejection, or CME, sped past Earth, it swept aside many of the cosmic rays that normally surround our planet. 
More on the unexpected outcome to this experiment can be found by searching for Students Measure Forbush Decrease on the SpaceWeather.com website. An interesting page that measures the transmitter performance of noise element production by a number of popular amateur radio transceivers has been created by Jim Brown, K9YC. In his research, Brown measured such areas as key clicks, intermodulation distortion, and phase noise. You can see the results of his study on the web, k9yc.com slash txnoise.pdf. Astronaut Samantha Cristoforetti. IZ0UDF has completed the official crew poster for the International Space Station Expedition 42. The poster parodies the popular The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by the late author Douglas Adams and is being called the best crew poster yet released. There is no cost to download the poster, but we must warn you that it is a high-resolution file and will require some 57 megabytes of storage space. It is in PDF format at tinyurl.com forward slash expedition dash 42 dash poster. Currently, Expedition 42 is slated to launch from Baikonur in Kazakhstan on November 23rd. In addition to Samantha Cristoforetti, also flying with her to the ISS will be Anton Shklaparov and Terry Wirtz. Cristoforetti is expected to return to Earth in May 2015. AMSAT has announced that a new premium collectible is now available for qualifying donations to the Fox Satellite Program. This in the form of a unique challenge coin for donors who have contributed at the $100 level or higher. AMSAT says that the coin is shaped as an isometric view of a Fox 1 CubeSat, complete with details such as the stowed UHF antenna, solar cells, and camera lens viewport. It is struck in 3mm thick brass, plated with antique silver, and finished in bright enamel. The coins are scheduled for delivery just prior to the 2014 AMSAT Space Symposium and will first be distributed to donors attending that gathering. The design may be seen at tinyurl.com forward slash AMSAT dash Fox dash coin. Engineers at NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida have begun testing small robots and navigation software. This to see if it's possible for an autonomous machine to mimic the process that ants use to scout for and then collect resources. The robots, which are being referred to as swarmies, resemble a stripped-down radio-controlled truck. They feature an onboard camera and direction-finding gear programmed to work on their own to survey an area, then call the other robots to assist in digging should something valuable be found. The current testing is to determine whether the software that will control the robots will work and if the overall swarmy concept is worthwhile. The theory behind their development is to equip operational robots working in space missions to scan the soil of an alien world for water, ice, or other resources that can be turned into fuel or breathable air for astronauts. During the evaluation, the NASA engineers will use a simulator that will enable them to test the Swarmy's networking ability with additional robots without actually having to build them. As testing proceeds, the team plans to include an experimental mining robot also designed at the Kennedy Space Center to try out different techniques for digging into the lunar or Martian surfaces to gather useful materials.
Martin Harris in G3USF has been awarded the prestigious IARU Region 1 Medal for Services to Region 1. Martin has been Region 1 Beacon Coordinator for many years and has done much to encourage development on the effectiveness of beacons in order to assist day-to-day band usage as well as propagation studies. On the 18th of October 1924, two-way communications was established between Frank Bell, 4AA, in New Zealand and Cecil Goider, 2SZ, operating from Mill Hill School in North London. To commemorate the 90th anniversary of this historic contact, radio amateurs at stations in Mill Hill School in New Zealand will recreate the first Goider-Bell contact, hopefully on a wavelength close to that use in 1924. The call sign 2SZ will be aired from the 11th to the 18th of October from Mill Hill School. Pupils will be able to visit the radio station, speak to the operators and even speak over the air. Whilst the station won't be open to the public on the 18th of October, there will be a live webcam at the school covering the communications and celebrations. In New Zealand, a special station with the call sign ZL4AA will be operating from Shag Valley in South Island during the same week. These stories from the RSGB and from the Amateur Radio Newsline are on the web at www.arnewsline.org. And I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. You're tuned to VK1WIA. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2014. Oceania DX Contest CW 0800 hours UTC, Saturday 11 October. 20800 hours UTC Sunday October 12 Special event stations DX Beacon Repeater and Nerd Advice A number of commemorative events will be taking place in Albany WA from the 31st of October to the 2nd of November to mark the 100th anniversary of the departure of the first convoy ships carrying ANZAC troops as well as the first significant role Albany has played in Australia's ANZAC history Graham VK4BB brought you the initial details of this event last week now a follow-up by Rob VK6LD. Albany was the assembly point for many ships setting sail for Gallipoli and the Western Front. The town was also the last place that many soldiers saw Australian soil. Albany was the place where the first recorded dawn service took place on the 25th of April 1930 by Padre Ernest White, a war chaplain who spent two years on the Western Front in World War I. Southern Electronics Group has been granted permission to use a special event call sign Victor India 6 Anzac over the weekend of the Albany commemorative events. Southern Electronics Group will be using the Victor India 6 Anzac call sign on Saturday the 1st of November 2014 from 0001 hours to 23.59 hours Western Standard Time. A number of local amateurs and some amateurs from Perth and Manjimup will take part in the event. The special event call sign and QSL card is expected to be highly sought after by VK and overseas amateurs alike. Depending on the propagation, Victor India 6 Anzac will be active on all the HF bands from 160 metres through to 10 metres, including the WARC bands. There will also be some digital operations taking part on the day. 
On the day, we'll be posting our activities and frequencies on the VK Logger and DS Cluster websites. In the lead-up to the event, we'll have some updates on the Victor India 6 Anzac QRZ page by searching at qrz.com for Victor India 6 Anzac. 73 is from Albany and the Southern Electronics Group. This is Rob, VK6, Lima Delta. Thanks, Rob. Now one to listen out for from P29 land is P29NO, NAO, JA2VQP, in East Sepik Province, Papua New Guinea. And he has been on the air since way back in February 2013. But his tour of duty means January 15 his operation will cease, so hop to it. CWSSB and Ritty. Plus my try other modes. II4 CDN will be on the air until the 31st of December with different operators. To celebrate the 50th anniversary of the foundation of the radio telescope, Croce del Nord. QSL via the Bureau will direct to QSL Manager IZ4FUE. And finally, a bit of housekeeping because the WIA news crew is always after news. And let's face it, if it interests you as a ham radio operator, it will interest us. If you would like to submit items for inclusion in these VK1 WIA broadcasts, please email your item in text to nationalnews at wia.org.au. To submit audio, read the How to Submit Items in the weekly news page on wia.org.au. Remember, the sooner you submit material, the more the likelihood of it being broadcast in the very next edition of WIA National News. Each item will be only broadcast once. If you want a couple of mentions, please submit slightly different slants to keep your event fresh. And always, if the newsroom is to read your item, write in the third person. And never just send us a link to a story. Write it out the way you expect to hear it being read. Or better still, read it and submit the audio. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Winningham. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southeast of South Australia and western border districts of Victoria, it's relayed on the four network two metre repeaters of Mount Gambier, Narracourt, Kingston, and Bordertown at 9 a.m. each Sunday. This is John, VK5 DJ from the Southeast Radio Group. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Groups. Worldwide Special Interest Group CW. Fists Down Under responds with a display. The Heritage Festival in Ballarat, Victoria next May has the theme of A Century of Service, 1914 to 2014, looking at our services at home and abroad during war and peacekeeping engagements. Fist Down Under has responded to the invitation to be part of a two-day festival. A team is now developing activities for the event, depicting the integral role CW played. More details on what Fist Down Under has planned will be released when finalised. The Heritage Festival will be held at several Ballarat sites on Saturday and Sunday, May the 9th and 10th, 2015. What's up, Doc? Morse Carrot Kia. Michael Sampson G0POT has released a video of his Morse code Carrot Kia. Quick bit of fun in preparation for Jota, this is a Morse CW Kia using two carrots. Video links are on the text edition of this new service, best read at our official WIA website, www.wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier 
From November the 10th to December the 7th, there will be no US operational hams on board the ISS. All school contacts during this period will be conducted by the Aris Russia team. And still in space, the increasing number of small CubeSat satellites being launched combined with a relaxed attitude to debris mitigation could lead to hazards for all space users unless preventative measures are taken, warns a leading space debris expert in the University of Southampton. Despite many CubeSats not having any manoeuvring capability, they are still perceived to have a low impact on the space debris environment. Despite guidelines requiring the satellites to deorbit within 25 years, some are being launched into high Earth orbits, which means that their orbital lifetime could be much greater. More than a third of all CubeSats launched to date, that's around 160 between 2003 and 2013, are predicted to remain in orbit for more than 25 years. Since 2005, CubeSats have been involved in more than 360,000 close approaches of less than 5 kilometres with other orbiting objects. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, the HAMS domain. Free software. Simon Brown, G4ELI, has released a simple Windows program which displays grey line, geomagnetic indices, solar data, as well as sunrise and sunset times. The program is free of cost and can be downloaded from the URL in the text edition of this new service. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. VK7 Jota. Are you involved with Jota, or maybe you'd just like to make contact with a Jota station on the weekend of the 18th and 19th of October? Weissen South and VK7 will be again assisting the Hewenville Scout Group, and joining us for more is Nicole. This year we'll see the Jota station being moved from the usual land-based camp to a maritime camp aboard the vessel Cartilla, currently moored in Franklin, just south of Hewenville. The MV Cartilla is the country's oldest continuously licensed passenger ferry and the only vessel still afloat that was called into service in World War I. She was 100 years old in 2012. The Cartilla has a very long and colourful history in Tasmania. However, we're not aware of it ever being used for a Jota station, hence the plan. We will be operating maritime from 1200 hours Saturday to 1200 hours Sunday, on the 80, 40 and 20 metre bands, as well as via IRLP and Echolink. Five of our scouts are currently undergoing their F-call course and will no doubt be eager to make contact with you or your Jota station. We encourage everyone to jump on board, hi hi, and make contact with VK7WCN Maritime, as well as all the other Jota stations around the bands. Your participation will be greatly appreciated by all. Look forward to making the contact. Further information can be obtained via email. vk7fmrs at gmail.com 7-3 from Nicole, vk7fnjs. And now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. SES Townsville Thurungara Division Joint Exercise. A golden opportunity to gain experience in operating with counter-disaster organisations in preparation for the support role that radio amateurs can provide during times of disaster. 
The exercise will involve some operators on foot in forested, rocky, grassy, sandy areas, mobile and vehicles and operating out of at least two base stations that will be set up for the event and possibly an overnight campout. Saturday the 25th to Sunday the 26th of October, SES joint exercise somewhere in the Townsville region. Operators so far are VK4ZZ, VK4ZM, VK4MDX, VK4HSV, VK4ME, VK4FMAR and many more are needed. And Weiss and SA have received a request from the South Australian Endurance Riders Association who would like radio coverage assistant at the Cutepo Forest on Sunday the 19th of October. The ride will be based near the Kootpo airstrip. And if you can assist, then please contact Andrew VK5FMAC on 0403-791488. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert VK3DN reporting from Melbourne. Well, we've reached the end of WIA National News. Just enough time left for the social scene. October 11 in VK4... Redfest was on, October 17 to 19th, Worldwide, Jota is on, October 23 in VK5, Adelaide's RAOTC Luncheon at Mitchell Park, and the Hamfest on the Gold Coast happens on October 25. November 2nd in VK5, Hamfest, Adelaide Hills, November 9 in VK3 is the Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest, and it's also the VHF, UHF and Microwave Experimenters Group. Miana Ham Fest happens November 15 in VK7 and finally November 30 in VK3, SPARC's Ham Fest at Rosebud. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Work softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.